So today uh, marks the beginning of Lent, uh, which is a season of intentional prayer and fasting that the church observes for the 40 days leading up to the Easter season. And the number 40 in scripture um, has a lot of significance. So think of the 40 years of Israel wandering through the desert, um, 40 days that Jesus was out in the wilderness being tempted by the devil before his ministry began. Um, and uh, and so the, 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 the number 40 has this very um, spiritual significance to it. Um, as you'll hear later in the liturgy, um, these 40 days and this time of Lent was a time when converts um, new to the faith would prepare themselves for baptism. And it's when those who had fallen away from the faith um, would then be restored into fellowship. So I grew up Korean Presbyterian, and so I only vaguely heard about Lent. Um, and I knew that it had something to do with giving things up like chocolate or alcohol, um, but I, it just sounded just strange and unpleasant, and I didn't really ever get what it was about. Um, but um, since becoming um, Episcopalian and celebrating Lent, um, one um, quote that I really love by Ruth Haley Barton is how she says that the real question of Lent is not, what should I give up? But the real question of Lent is, how have I gotten away from the Lord? And how can I return to him with all of my heart? And that's the question that I really want for, to be before us tonight on this Ash Wednesday as we enter into the season. How have I gotten away from the Lord and how can I return to him with all of my heart? Um, so that word unprecedented has been used a lot um, over this past year and this is an unprecedented Ash Wednesday. Um, Denise has been calling it Ashless Wednesday because we're not in the sanctuary, we're not imposing ashes, we're not offering them out on the streets to people. Um, but I was reflecting this morning about how there's a real poignancy to the absence of ashes, um, like a kind of being having these rituals and symbols being stripped away, like so many things have felt like they've been stripped away in this past year. And that in that stripping away, it reminds us that at the heart of it, it's not about the physical ashes themselves, but really about the posture of our hearts towards the Lord in the season, to rend your our hearts and not just our, our garments, like Joel says. Um, you know, there's nothing physical for us to get fixed on as we start the season. No ashes, no ritual, but just simply our hearts in the presence of God. So since it's a little unprecedented, um, this, uh, this Ash Wednesday, I thought I'd try something a little bit different um, for the homily tonight, that instead of a homily, that I wanted to have more of a conversation. And um, I'm gonna invite my colleagues, uh, Denise and Michael and Leisha, to join me. Hello, friends. Hello. Yeah, yeah. and um, and I, I just felt like uh, tonight I wanted to not be by myself <laughs> and and um, just wanted to still have some conversation around um, just the significance and the meaning of Lent um, in our lives, as well as, you know, I know that there are probably a lot of you or maybe some of you at least for whom Lent is new and um, maybe unfamiliar um, in terms of celebrating and just thought that we could share some things that we've learned along the way, just more practically about entering into Lent. Um, so that's what we're gonna do. And I'm glad that these guys were game to, to join me in this. Um, so as I was saying, like I didn't grow up with Lent. I know um, Denise, uh, you grew up Roman Catholic. Um, Leisha and Michael, like me, kind of came to the Episcopal Church. Right? It was kind of a, a new thing for you. And so I guess the first question I would throw, throw out here is like, um, both like whether it's past experience or your present experience, like 
How have you either experienced yourself or witnessed Lent being meaningful or helpful in terms of spiritual formation? You know, for me, when I think about it, I think back to the first time I encountered Lent as a season, and that was with a, a Lutheran church probably, you know, 20 some years ago. I was in my, my early 20s. And um, it was the first Lent that I'd ever experienced. Uh, and we would gather together on Wednesday evenings for a simple soup supper. And we would sing uh, evening prayers together. There's a Lutheran folk setting called Holden Evening Prayers, which is a really kind of beautiful uh, sung uh, evening prayer service. And um, it really felt like I was walking with a group of people to uh, through, through a season up to Good Friday and into Easter. And I think because I grew up in a tradition that was not particularly liturgical and, um, you know, good, good Friday was like, you know, Lent, Lent was not observed at all. And good Friday was kind of like an inconvenience to get through until you get to like the celebration of Easter by having a time where we could really slowly make our way with Jesus through to good Friday and really acknowledge something of our own shared brokenness and our need for healing. It made Easter seem all the more poignant. So for me, it's really helped me to get an appreciation for um, uh, not, not just the suffering of Christ, but Christ's uh, presence and suffering along with humanity. Um, you, you bring a really interesting point, Michael, about just the shared experience of Lent, right? Like on, in some ways it feels really solitary, but in another sense, it's, it's deeply communal too, right? Yeah. And relate to the, um, I also like the fact that it's a season. It's one of the reasons I live, I like living in a place where there's a change of seasons because I find that very renewing. And I love our liturgical church year because of the change of seasons. And this, and anything that's a time set apart, I think is, is very helpful. And, you know, think about it. What if we just went into Holy Week and Easter now? You know, it just... You know, you can't, you, you got to do the work first. And, and it's just so much more uh, rewarding when, when you do it. And, and as I've been an Episcopalian for, I think about 20 something years, but when I was Roman Catholic, it was a very solitary thing. And you were kind of on your own with that. And um, as an Episcopalian, I've gotten to love the idea that the community is kind of in, involved in this together and even talking about it. So, yeah, yeah. I'm like um, Christine and Michael, um, where I don't, I didn't grow up with this tradition, um, but as an adult, having embraced it, um, I found that um, I, I can't center on the the letting go and the giving up of things and the just the fact that it is a wilderness experience. Like I can't just focus on that. That the best thing for me to focus on is. Um, not not only that the community is joining me but that god goes with me in this right and so like i remember like a time years ago and i i was trying a fast for the first time and like two days into it i was at a i was at someone's house and they offered me a crab cake and i sat and ate it <laughs> um and i I since then, I just remember that, like, you know, and I talked to someone about it and they were like, well, Alicia, you know, Jesus was with you when you had that crab cake, you know, <laughs> it's all good. Um, and so I really um, embrace it as a time where absolutely I'm 
remembering and reminding myself of this journey that we're taking, but I also deeply remember that that God is with me on this journey and um, I don't go into the wilderness alone, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like there's a lot of great, like even as we're making commitments to whether it's like give something up or take something on, it's like there's so much grace in it, Mm -hmm. right? Like you kind of have this, because then you you also, (laughs) I'm there with you, Alicia. If there had been a crab cake, I mean, I would (laughs) crab cake come on right (laughs) yeah but like um but then it's almost like even in the kind of like little you know quote unquote like failures or like you know of not living up to your commitment it's like a fresh opportunity to experience god's grace in that moment right and that that idea of beginning again right just begin again yeah yeah yeah, I think for me in terms of Lent, like, um, yeah, so, I mean, as I was saying earlier, it was like totally new to me. And I think the, like the kind of like spiritual background that I came out of, like my spiritual life was always dictated by like how I was, whatever I'm feeling in the moment. So like if I'm really up, I'm up. If I'm down, I'm down. If I feel really repentant, I'll repent. If I don't feel repentant, I won't repent. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of like to what you were saying, Denise, about the church calendar, it's like, here's this, this these seasons that you're living in. Like whether you like it or not, we're in winter. And so you got to put on your winter clothes and your boots and embrace the cold. And in a similar sort of a way, like having a whole season of repentance, like I, yeah, like I, like there is sometimes where it's like Lent comes around and I'm like, I don't really feel like repenting about anything or I don't feel like there's, but, but then the, the, in some ways it's like, there's something bigger than me that is shaping me and forming me. Like I have to really like live into what the season is about. And we have that opportunity all year round. Um, but, um, but that's, I think something that I feel like, like I'm not at the center of my own spiritual formation. Mm-hmm. Right. And repent is a strong word, Christine, and we use it. We use the word repent for this season. Right. We really do, but it's a, it's a strong word. And so, you know, I think, I think that the meaning of that for this season, it could possibly be softened a little bit, like, where am I lacking? Yeah. You know, you know, re- <laughs> you know. Let's take the edge off a little bit, maybe. And <laughs> you know, repent just sounds just so like you know, just <laughs> really horrible. Um, and, and if it's warranted, then go ahead and repent. But I think for a lot of us, it's 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 more like you know, where am I lacking, and where can I build myself up spiritually, and and how can I get closer? Yeah, yeah, I like that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess, too, it's like the place where we've seen the word repent, you know, is often like on a, somebody holding a sign with like flames coming well, out. Yeah. <laughs> so we have all these negative associations around that word. So it's completely, you know, it does cause that reaction in us. Um, and like, um, you know, there's that uh, the Greek word for um, repentance being meta- metanoia, like this idea of like changing your mind or turning your direction. And which I think it's it's like it's like expansive enough to kind of hold what you're talking about, Denise. Like you know, where am I lacking? You know? Right, and and metanoia sounds so much nicer. <laughs> yeah, it's like a spiritual course correction. You know, like when you're whenever you're on the water, if you're sailing or whatever, you know, it's really easy for your boat to be just like moved a little bit by the tide or the current or the wind. And a good sailor knows to always keep a spot fixed on the horizon or you'll get lost. And so, 
repentance is really kind of like that, where we course correct and, and put the, the bow of our boat back to the spot on the shore that we're sailing toward. And uh, we always need that. And there's no, there's no shame in it because it's a, it's a common, it's a common occurrence. It's something that we all need to need to do from time to time. And the amazing thing about Lent is that we know that it has an end uh, with Holy Week and with Good Friday and Easter. And we know that the repentance that we pursue is always met with God's gracious forgiveness and love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like um, Michael on Sunday um, when we were, were having this like um, kind of intergenerational spiritual formation time called Way of Love, and Michael was talking about bap- baptism on Sunday and those baptismal vows that we make of um, mm-hmm. you know do you um, renounce like Satan and all of his <laughs> wicked works and uh, yeah. Yeah. turn to turn to Jesus and put your whole trust in in Him. Yeah. And I like what you said, Michael, about just this idea of course correction, because it's like this idea that like we have turned to Christ and then sometimes we kind of like veer off a little bit yeah. and we need to kind of like our ba- our baptismal identity is is really like our, our center of gravity. And it's like, how do we kind of come back to what we've already decided? Yeah. And what's even more amazing to me is that before we turn to Christ, Christ turned to us. And so Christ is always already waiting for us there. And, uh, and so it's always a return home. You know, we're, it's, it's the journey of the prodigal son back to his father's arms, the arms that have always been outstretched. And uh, so that for me, that's what keeps me from getting down during Lent, especially when I have that crab cake or that, <laughs> you know, that cheeky glass of wine on a really hard Thursday night or whatever. Uh, you know, it's good to know that God has already been there to forgive and love me no matter what. Yeah. That parental imagery is really strong um, for that. When you talk about this course correction, you know, it's just like um, I see like a toddler just learning to walk or um, just making little mistakes and a parent saying, no, do it this way or no, do go over this way, move here, move there. Um, yeah. 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 And it's all in love, all grounded in love. Yeah, that's right. Or if you're a new dog parent and um, you have a little puppy. <laughs> yeah, well, same thing. I said parenting. That's just right. Around the streets of Harlem and <laughs> finding lots of things to just want to grab. And you just got to yank that. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I feel like I could just keep talking to you, you all, for for much longer. But um, maybe just as we as we close, I'm wondering any final thoughts of like just kind of like anything just practical tips or kind of things, encouragements or things to kind of keep in mind as people are considering their own spiritual practices and um, as we kick off these these 40 days? Well, I would say to, to do what works for you, of course, but don't worry so much about what you're going to fast about, what your fast is going to be, but maybe look towards what are you going to feast on that you haven't been feasting on. So kind of look at it that way. And um, as far as spiritual enrichment and really give yourself a break because it's used to think about the cake, the crab cake, you know, um, you're going to have it eventually. But if you, and, and small chunks, like don't say, all right, for Lent, I am going to read the entire Bible by the end of, no, don't do that. Just if you feel that you need more prayer and that's and now your focus, just say, I am going to attempt to spend 10 minutes a day in prayer. Go with a little chunk and then it's more achievable and then it'll be more rewarding and then you can do it and, and maybe set it up as a really good practice for 
for even post-Lent. So I would say, give yourself a break and pick reasonable things yeah. and things that you need. Yeah. yeah. I totally agree with Denise. Be, be good to yourself and be manageable. I mean, I, I have really small things that I do. I, we, at the seminary, we were given these little crosses that we could keep in our pockets so that we can, you know, when we fish out our keys or fish out our phone and maybe rub up against this cross, it reminds us to, it reminds us of our Holy Lent and our time together. Yeah, there you go. That's right, Leisha. And, um, and then I have a little timer on my phone. Yeah, there you go. Timer on my phone, like, like Christine suggested, so that at noon every day, I get a little buzz to remember to just breathe and center myself and be mindful of God's presence. So these little things are, are manageable and, and easy ways of kind of framing our daily lives around our commitment to God and to one another. Yeah. Um, Jan Richardson um, shares a poem, I think it's called Beloved is Where We Begin. Um, and the, the very first stanza kind of sent highlights this theme of you're going into the wilderness and know that you go with God's blessing, right? That God goes with you. And so that's what I think the, I would offer to anyone who's stepping out into this or to embrace this season for the very first time is to know that you go with God. Um, yeah, you don't go alone and you go with God. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Thank you guys. Um, I'm going to, um, actually end uh, with reading uh, just this quote by uh, Rowan Williams, um, who's one of Michael's uh, theological heroes. Um, and um, I'm going to read this uh, not, not only as like a, a meditation, but in many ways a, a, a prayer for us um, as, we, as we just close this conversation. It says, it's important to remember that the word Lent itself comes from the old English word for spring. It's not about feeling gloomy for 40 days. It's not about making yourself miserable for 40 days. It's not even about giving things up for 40 days. Lent is springtime. It's preparing for that great climax of springtime, which is Easter, new life bursting through death. And as we prepare ourselves for Easter during these days by prayer and self-denial, what motivates us and what fills the horizon is not self-denial as an end in itself, but trying to sweep and clean the room of our own minds and hearts so that the new life may really have room to come in and take over and transform us at Easter. May it be so. Amen. 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 I just want to invite us to um, just take a um, just a, a few brief moments um, of silence um, as as you reflect on as we reflect on together on the invitation that we sense God is um, extending to us in this Lent season. Um, so we're just going to spend a few moments of silence, and then um, I will can lead us in continuing our service tonight. Dear people of God, the first Christians observed with great devotion the days of our Lord's passion and resurrection, 
and it became the custom of the church to prepare for them by a season of penitence and fasting. This season of Lent provided a time in which converts to the faith were prepared for holy baptism. It was also a time when those who, because of notorious sins, had been separated from the body of the faithful and were reconciled by penitence and forgiveness and restored to the fellowship of the church. Thereby, the whole congregation was put in mind of the message of pardon and absolution set forth in the gospel of our Savior and of the need which all Christians continually have to renew their repentance and faith. I invite you, therefore, in the name of the Church, to the observance of a holy Lent by self-examination and repentance, by prayer, fasting, and self-denial, and by reading and meditating on God's holy word, and to make a right beginning of repentance and as a mark of our mortal nature, let us kneel before the Lord, our Redeemer and Maker. Thank you.